Welcome to TC Live at the Miami Open, our show to get you caught up on all the big stories and highlights from Tuesday at the Hard Rock. Half of the women's semifinals are now set, and we are down to the final eight on the men's side. A lot to get to over the next 30 minutes as we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside my good friend Chanda Rubin, and we've got two-time Miami Open champion Andy Roddick, as always. For the first time in more than 30 years, all 16 of the men in the fourth round, less than 27 years old, Andy. Back then, the tournament had a different name. Uh, Andre Agassi, Jim Courier, they were just 20 years old. What does this say to you? Well, I mean, finally, we're, we're, those, those three guys were selfish for a long time, weren't they, Steve? So now we're kind of getting into some new generations, some new uh, kind of players in the middle of their career, like Zverev, and then you're getting some young blood, like an Alcobraz or, or Brooksby. And it's just fun to watch. You know, I, I like learning about the new players, seeing how they handle different situations, seeing what their tendencies are. I, I think it's been a great tournament so far. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting the way the middle, how we consider the middle of a player's career, it's lengthened a little bit. It's not, you know, no longer is it, you know, over 30, your game's going down. I mean, we're seeing guys that are playing great tennis well past that age. And you look at, you know, one of the young ones out there in Carlos Alcaraz, and he has just been phenomenal. He has been playing big man's tennis, and he continues to impress us match after match. Another big one against Tsitsipas tonight. Yeah, absolutely. He's the only teenager this year. Back then, it was Michael Chang, the only teenager, and it was Courier over David Wheaton in the final back in 1991. We start with the 26-year-old Daniil Medvedev, the top seed this year, taking on 21-year-old Jensen Brooksby. Two more wins. Medvedev gets back to number one in the world, Andy, but the American made it tough in the first. Yeah, and this is always fascinating when players haven't played each other before, kind of the feeling out process. And, you know, Brooksby plays a little awkward. Medvedev plays a little awkward. I was super fascinated by how this would shake out. But listen, Medvedev plays the cat and mouse as well as anyone. He's going, listen, I know you're pretty good at it, but I'm the best at it as it currently stands. And, you know, you, you, you like seeing different plays. Obviously, Medvedev didn't hit great volleys there, got away with the first couple. But his court coverage is, is just amazing. Both of these guys just running everywhere, you know, People used to not be able to be six foot six or six foot four and move the way that these two guys are moving. But Medvedev is so tough. He's played so many big matches over the last couple of years. Not phased to be down uh, a break in that first set and closes it out uh, with, with emphasis uh, there there in the first. Um, we said yesterday when we were talking, Steve, that you know Brooks we might have to play the leg tax for having that tough one with uh, Batista Agu, and it certainly seemed that way. Uh, his legs gave out a little bit. Medvedev. Uh, was better as this match went along. Yeah, what, 10 of the last 11 games and talked about his motivation to regain that number one ranking. At this moment, I don't feel any pressure and a lot of extra motivation to try to make it. You know, it's, uh, it's a great thing to try, you know, to be in the semifinals. Uh, I knew before the tournament that I have to be there if I want to be number one. Uh, and it's great that I have this chance. Only one match left. But... At this moment, it's just a lot of extra motivation to try to make uh, this uh, one more step. Well, Chandy, you were talking about this. The youngest player remaining, 18-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, taking on Stefano Tsitsipas, a rematch of that U.S. Open upset last year. Well, at this point, one all in the match. Incredible point with a couple of tweeters. 
And Alcaraz getting the last word. I mean, we knew this was going to be something a little bit special from the 18-year-old. But Tsitsipas got up the early break, was up in the first set. But Alcaraz has been so good, under pressure, so poised, coming up with a terrific lob there. He would hit another one. No, this isn't a replay. This is just another incredible shot from a shot maker. And Tsitsipas, at the end of this first set, taken out of the game. I mean, incredible comeback there. Once Alcaraz was able to get that first set tucked away, he got even more confidence. Of course, beating Tsitsipas the first time they played, he already had a bit of confidence coming into this match and just started crushing the ball. Huge forehand there. But it wasn't just power game, Steve. He could also get it with the field and the drop shot there just an incredible way to end a fantastic match had the crowd going for him at one point he won 27 to 32 points in the middle of this match I mean Alcaraz is just a teenager Andy but he is playing like a grown man what impressed you the most uh, this guy moves like it's unbelievable. People, you normally have to grow into your movement uh, a little bit. And he doesn't need much time to fire on the forehand. Most of the guys with huge forehands need two feet under them to give it a ride. This guy can turn on it real quick, almost like Andre Agassi used to, right? You would hit a big ball to him and it would come back just as fast. This guy is no joke. He's the real deal. And I don't know that this is an upset. I don't know that we've seen someone this young who you kind of maybe expect to win matches like this uh, kind of often. Um, this guy's an animal, Steve. Chanda, what do you think? Is, was this an upset or no? Yes, let's give people their, their credit. <laughs> this was an upset too, Andy. Brooksby was an upset over uh, Bautista Gut. This is an upset as well. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I think it's just been so impressive the way Alcaraz just has taken it to opponents. I mean, we talked about this, and Andy, I think this was your pick um, you know, maybe for the tournament, but he has just been playing such confident tennis. And you said it, Steve, he's playing, you know, a man's game and he can do it from the back of the court. He can do it with big weapons, big shots, but he also has the feel. He's willing to come in, play at the net. It's a complete game that he's building. And I think for me, that's one of the most impressive parts of it. At this young of an age, he understands how to play in all areas of the court. Pretty soon, the ranking's going to go up, and they will no longer be upsets. That's true. 15-2 <laughs> this year, young Carlos Alcaraz. More men's highlights on the way. But first, the top half of the women's quarterfinals played Tuesday. Naomi Osaka taking on top-ranked American Danielle Collins, Chanda. Yeah, we were really looking forward to this match between two big hitters from the ground. But Baby. early on, you could see Osaka just getting on top of shots. And she was the one Game able to take a little more initiative, stepping in on returns. Danielle Collins had a little bit of a physical issue. Saw the trainer, got some work on her neck. And you could see she was a bit hampered. Wasn't quite going after her serve the same way. Didn't even try for that shot. This was the medical timeout. And you just feel for Danielle Collins, who has had such a terrific start to the year when she has been healthy. But going to the underhanded serve, Love. that's not going to fly against Osaka, who played so cleanly tonight. If Osaka had been a little bit off her level, could have been a different match. But impressive hitting and serving uh, from Osaka. It's nice to see her back at this level. 13 aces, 25 winners, just three unforced errors. Those are good numbers. Osaka makes her first semifinal in Miami. 18th career semifinal. That's 16 on a hard court. And then Belinda Bencic getting the win over Daria Saville. One and two. First 1,000-level semifinal in three years for Bencic. Let's talk Osaka, though, Andy. Does this look like the Naomi Osaka that has four major titles to her name and got to number one in the world? 
I also don't think Osaka beating seated players is an upset either. <laughs> uh, but uh, she she's getting there. You know, you, listen, I don't know that any of us doubted Osaka's physical ability on, on a tennis court, right? Obviously, she went through uh, some things away from the court and with some anxiety issues and some mental issues. Uh, but the game has always been there. For me, it's just a matter of her stringing along matches, right? Getting those reps under tournament conditions. I don't think it would surprise anyone to say, hey, listen, she gets three or four matches under her belt. All of a sudden, she starts playing like the Naomi Osaka of old. Uh, she looked great today. And, you know, she has as good a chance as anyone to, to go through this tournament. When you're a future Hall of Famer, I, I agree, Andy. It's no longer an upset. I mean, she's got the resume I'm to back gonna, it up. I'm going to give both of you that one. Absolutely. Okay. You right. are correct. <laughs> All right. This next matchup that we have coming, Osaka Bencic. Neither player has dropped a set yet. Who, who has looked better? What do you make of the matchup? You know, I think we have been sort of looking at Belinda Bencic a little bit more under the radar. Obviously, you know, gold medalist. She can play some terrific tennis on the hard courts. And she's got a tricky game. This is not an easy matchup. It's been especially tough for Naomi Osaka on hard courts. And the last meeting was the biggest at the U.S. Open 2019. And Bencic won that pretty comfortably in straight sets, although, you know, they had to battle at the end of that first. But it's the, the way that Bencic takes the ball early. It's how she redirects. It's her ease with power, using the pace that comes at her. And that's one of the tricky parts for Naomi Osaka in this matchup. She's going to have to serve well. Osaka will. And I think that first ball, first strike tennis is going to be important. And if she plays as cleanly as she did against Danielle Collins, she could kind of turn this matchup around. But it'll be interesting to see how well she starts Osaka and how relaxed she is in this match. Andy, 3-0 head-to-head for Bencic. Who wins to get an upset in this one? <laughs> I don't know anymore. All I know is that for the first time tonight, I agree with absolutely everything that Chanja just said as far as this matchup goes. Bencic getting that first strike. She's one of the few people that can get that first strike in against Naomi Osaka. That's normally what Osaka does so well against everyone else. I didn't know that the head-to-head the, the -head, uh, was 3-0 was for Bencic. That's pretty uh, that, that's pretty surprising, especially because a couple of those uh, happened in 2019. Obviously, Osaka was already playing great. I still have a feeling like this is the comeback tournament for Osaka. I don't know that that I would bet against her, but um, that that head-to-head -head, uh, record is, is is very impressive. Since 2019, Osaka 6-1 in semifinals, so we'll see what happens. Still to come here on TC Live, the Nick Kyrgios show was in full effect. You don't want to miss the good, the bad, and the ugly. Was it a masterpiece or meltdown in Miami? More TC Live after this. From Australia, Nick Kyrgios. I'm at pace, you know, fun. I don't really worry about anything. Oh, my goodness. Are you joking? Kyrgios can't believe he made that shot. I don't stress much. That was a clinic. Too easy. I go out there two hours a day, enjoy some tennis, and then that's it, really. Well, Nick Kyrgios has found peace and prosperity this year. 7-2 this season, only losses to top five players. He has dropped just 18 games in three matches thus far in Miami, heading into Tuesday, and he was the favorite against Yannick Sinner, Andy. It was the first meeting between these two. We had a Sinner on one side and on the other, certainly not someone who acted like a saint. Yeah, he, he, early on he starts, you hear his comments about the the differences between stadium and, and grandstand. Uh, it seemed like he started off a little sour. Um, 
you know, the, the, but there was some tennis also, Steve. Some, some great court coverage. You see him here not really kind of committing to, to every shot. You could tell he just wasn't real happy. Um, and then, obviously, uh, this started the drama between him and, uh, and Carlos Barnardes a little bit. It's embarrassing. And back to the tennis team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, credit to Sinner here because he knows he's a little bit, a little bit rattled. Hey, look at that! It's the face down racket throw. Yeah, Last he's learning. <laughs> what up? But you see, he just kind of wanted to tap out, and obviously, more words for for Bernardo's. And... <laughs> this time, he didn't listen as much. Yeah, and, and it, listen, uh, it tells me that you're not really interested in winning the match too much when you know you have a point penalty, you smash your racket to get, a game, to get broken, Steve, in the first game to the second. That You, you kind of know what you're doing, and it seems like you're looking for the exit door if you kind of make the conscious choice to, to get broken, essentially. Um, you know, so it didn't look like there was a lot of effort on this last forehand. So, listen, this is what is fascinating about Curious. He looks like he did so far to the and then, then throws uh, a match like this in, but credit to Sinner, nonetheless. Yeah, Sinner back in the quarterfinals. Kyrgios faced the media. You had spoken the other day about being more at peace, being more calm and all that stuff. Uh, I guess just what happened out there on the court during the singles match. I got frustrated. Can I, can I not get frustrated? Do you get frustrated? Are you at peace in your life? Next question. I mean, listen, we all do get frustrated. He has gotten frustrated more on court. What did you make of everything you saw? Well, I think it was a valid question, number one. And, and number two, you know, we all get frustrated, but we don't have to smash a racket every time. We don't have to berate the chair umpire every time. We don't have to basically go away um, in a match or even here on the job, Steve. We stay with it. And right. I think that's a big part. Yeah, it's a big part of, I think, what is the challenge for Nick Kyrgios right now because he has looked great. He looks he has looked like he's been plugged in, like he's been consistently, you know, really putting the effort in. He's been playing terrific tennis. But one moment like that, and against a guy like Sinner, who has been so mature under pressure, uh, Sinner saving match points in multiple matches, he was not going to be phased. And that's kind of the book on Nick Kyrgios right now. You just got to weather the storm, make him get a little angry, hopefully, you know, get him off the boil a bit. And that way, the fantastic tennis that he can play doesn't come into play as much. And I think that's unfortunate. Hopefully he can kind of get a handle on it and continue this year playing the kind of tennis we know he can play. Andy, he learned from the racket smashing tutorial, but I saw somebody on Twitter ask, Andy, tell us, how do you talk to a chair umpire and, and kind of stop before you get a point or game penalty? Well, it's pretty easy. Once you have a warning, don't do anything else that would warrant another warning. Um, you know, I actually di didn't disagree, uh, you know, with Nick, why he got the point penalty in the tiebreaker. Um, you know, him saying, you know, this referee's bad to someone and someone else could do better. I feel like he has a valid point there. Carlos, who I like, might have gotten his feelings hurt. That doesn't seem like it's unsportsmanlike conduct. It seems like uh, ego was in play maybe there. But then to Chanda's point, it's not the, the, the reason that you're upset. It's how you react to it. Breaking your racket right in his face when you know he's already, the umpire is already ticking 
quickly, right? He already wants to give you a warning. He's motivated. He's personally offended. And so your problem solving is to smash a racket to give him a break, to get down a set and a break. That's the part where, where you lose me a, a, a little bit. You know, you, you kind of, you, you, you don't want to hear the opinions, but then you do something like that where it's kind of impossible to lay off and say, you know what, that was just absolutely not the right thing to do if you wanted to win this tennis match. The Curio Show continues in doubles, teaming up with Tanasi Kokonakis. They won the Australian Open. They took out the three seeds today. They're into the semifinals in Miami. Speaking of Kokonakis, trying to stay in the singles draw, facing two-seed Alexander Zverev, Janet. Yeah, and, and Zverev just you know, playing at a slightly different level, a slightly different speed, and, and really from the start, started getting the forehand going, had a terrific serving day, started stepping in on returns, and, you know, that break, he just needed one in each set, uh, Zverev, and he stayed focused once he got it. Again, the serve came through Game big, faced no break points over the course of the match, and not only in, on first serves, but he was getting it done on second serves as well. And down the stretch in the second set, again, that one break was all very needed. He was aggressive when he had the opportunity and just played a very controlled match. And in the end, outlasting Kokonakis from the ground, look how far back the Australian player is, and Game that's just not where you want to be against Zverev when he's playing at this level. As Zverev said, he wanted to shorten the points as it was quite hot out. He will take on Casper Ruud next. Meantime, Francis Tiafo already took out Juan Manuel Sarundalo, so extra motivation for big bro Francisco to avenge the family name, Andy. Yeah, and this shot right here is just ridiculous. The way that uh, Francis can kind of fire from, from stretch positions is, is very impressive. Uh, but you know who else can fire from certain positions is, is Sarundalo. That was a that was a huge forehand. Uh, and right here, this is concerning. You see it's hot out, the conditions are tough, and then when your back starts playing, you're getting treatment, you don't quite loosen up. Uh, you know, at this point, Sarundalo has to feel uh, blood in the water a little bit. And I'm amazing with it. It's not a huge takeback, and the amount of pace and the, the ability he has to switch directions, uh, talking about Sarundalo, um, you can see how much this means to him. But super impressed. I've gotten to see more of, of him this week than I had before. A uh, guy can create pace uh, with not a huge backswing, and it's nice to see his game translating to the hard courts. Yeah, Sarundalo, lowest-ranked player remaining at 103, makes his first Masters 1000 quarterfinal. He's actually up to 72 in the live rankings. Miamir Ketsmanovic makes his fourth straight quarterfinal overall. Rude 0 for 2 against Zverev. And how about Medvedev Hercoc? They met three times last year. 2-1 Medvedev. Each match went the distance, and the winner of the first set lost every time. Uh, Chanda, which match are you most excited for here? I mean, these are some good ones, and, and you kind of wonder uh, where Alcarez will be after that terrific win against Tsitsipas and Ketsmanovic, who's been playing terrific tennis as well this year. He can be a tough guy to beat from the ground. That one I'll pay attention to, and I think... Um, you know, certainly Medvedev. I kind of talked about him maybe being the favorite here. Uh, see how he comes back. He's been so under the radar, Medvedev, but trying to get back to that number one ranking, this could be his opportunity. Which one do you like, Andy? Yeah, well, Medvedev getting the number one ranking, obviously, is the storyline. But I, I, I'm kind of all Alcaraz all the time right now. I want to see him open up the shoulders. And I really, really, really want to see how he deals with the Medvedev matchup, potentially in the semifinals. I want to see that match. Would that be an upset for you? <laughs> that would be an upset okay. for me, Chanda. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
All right, we got that one. Uh, and we got a lot more still to come on TC Live. Uh, Francis Tiafo's game is scary good, but see how the young American got spooked on the practice court. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. We are going plural. Hot shots of the day. Chanda starting with the defending champion, Hubie Hercotch. Yeah, and if you blinked, you would have missed that behind-the-back shot, and he still, Hercotch, was able to win the point. I need to see this again, Steve, in slow motion, because this is pretty special to do that in live tennis. Still keep your wits about you and be able to adjust that way. That's good stuff from Hercotch. That was good, Andy. Was this better? I mean, wheels. See, look at this burst. Look how much ground he covers in the last minute. And you know what's better than one tweener? Two Double tweeners. tweener, Steve. <laughs> so good. Oh, the athleticism. I love that. <laughs> I just want to hear you guys do that again. <laughs> he does. I mean, he is fast. Two tweeners. <laughs> look at that. Unbelievable. So good. Chanda, which is better, two tweeners or the or the behind the back? I gotta say two tweeners, Steve. Two tweeners, down. absolutely. Right. Two tweeners. Yeah. Quarterfinal coverage Wednesday right here on Tennis Channel begins 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. We got Paula Bedosa meeting Jesse Pagula for the first time. Pedosa can get to two in the world. We got Sinner, Sarundalo, Kavitova, and Sviantek both meeting for the first time as well. And then Rude and Zverev. Did you say Pagosa? Like you put Pagula and, Pad- and Padosa together? I may have. What does Paul say? <laughs> what what do you say about Paula? That is a, a bad, a bad, a bad dosa, dosa tennis. tennis. <laughs> we had to get that one in. We did. Yeah. We got That's some good right. matches, though. Yeah. What, what do you like? I mean, I'm interested in that Badosa Pagula one. Okay. I, mean, they, I mean, they've been playing so well. Pagula finding her form again. Big hitters, clean ball strikers. I mean, what's not to love about what that? What is not to love? I. Andy, Rude, Zverev, who wins? I think Zverev. I, I think uh, Rude needs a little bit of time to, to get into those return games, and I think Zverev's just going to have more looks at the basket. I also am really curious to see the, uh, the Kvitova-Sviatek uh, match. Um, it's weird seeing the number 28 next to Kvitova's name, but when you're in as much of a groove as Sviatek is, the last thing you want to see is kind of something different, right? The general lefty of things, the, the ability of uh, Kvitova to hit through the court. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Sviantek has won her last seven matches against lefties. She's won 14 in a row, but Kvitova has all the experience. 33 quarterfinals at this level. Yeah, and we talk about clean ball strikers. Kvitova is certainly one at the top of the list. And if she is connecting like she can, it'll be an interesting challenge. Another test for Iga Sviantek, who has handled these tests beautifully. So... I like that that match as well. All right. By the end of the day, we will have all the semifinals set on the women's side and half of them on the men's side. For Andy Roddick and Chanda Rubin, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks so much for watching TC Live. Our coverage of the Miami Open continues next right here on Tennis Channel.